chapter. And we've been talking about questions that Jesus asked, and that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, and I'll begin reading at verse number 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came unto his own city. That would be Capernaum. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the, to the sick of palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes saith within themselves, that's just whispering among themselves or within their little minds, they were thinking, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore thinkest ye evil in your hearts? Why are you so upset that somebody is getting their sins forgiven? Well, for there is, whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Rise and walk. Which one would be the easiest for me to say? That's Jesus now. Amen. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thy house. Wow. Just talking and miracles. Amen. Now this... This reading, and I may read both of them also, Mark chapter 2 and verse 3 through 11, same story. They're a little different, some in, in their wording. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15 through 24. All three of these Gospels tell this story. And uh, they're a little different in some of the things that they say. Mark, Mark and Luke tells there were four men carrying the man, and they went up on the roof. Matthew didn't say that. He said that they were they brought him, but they didn't say that they went on the roof and tore the roof off. Amen. But uh, yeah, uh, only in Luke add, adds this also. He says, Luke says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. In other words, when Jesus was standing there in that house, that he said there was a, there was a presence there that there was a healing presence there. Amen. So so we're going to talk about a story. Amen, of Jesus just speaking and things happen. Amen. There's no Bible proof of this, but there's many other commentaries and writers to believe that uh, Jesus was in Simon Peter's house because when he ever went to Capernaum, usually that's where he stayed. He and his disciples, all of them um, there, but... Uh, we are assuming that that, and of course, uh, that adds to a little bit of a, of a story, I guess, that people in read the commentaries, they would say, evidently Peter was not just a uh, poor fisherman because he had tile roof on his house, which was very uh, modern, up-to-date, I guess I could say. So he was a fisherman, and he hired men to fish to, to help him. So he was a he was a businessman somewhat, amen. He might not have known the Bible or, uh, or everything, amen. They they thought they they said he was a 
ignorant and unlearned man, but it sounded to me like he could in his ministry. But they say that they thought they were, put, they were almost sure that this was in Simon Peter's house, amen, where the guy, he got his roof tore off, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2, amen, uh, the thing that Bible says here, now I, here, I just read Luke to you, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Jesus was present, but the power of the Lord was present too. Amen. Amen. The power of the Lord was present to heal. Verse number two, amen, Matthew says uh, that Jesus seeing their faith. In fact, all three of the, these gospels, it says that Jesus was seeing the faith. And he was seeing their faith. It had to have not been the band of policy as Evidently, it was probably with those four men that had tore off the roof. Amen. And uh, had uh, made that great effort to make sure that that man would get down there. Now, the reason why, and I didn't, hadn't read, hadn't told this, but the cr it was such a crowd that they couldn't get in the doors. People standing in the doors, and they had windows. They were in windows, and there was no way that they could get this man of palsy to Jesus. Amen. Without getting up the roof and tearing the roof off. Amen. And Jesus said, just be of good cheer. Amen. I know you're, I know you're in bad shape, but I want to cheer you up. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. I'm going to forgive your sins. See, that's, that, that's, this is the real, this is the really the, 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 the story here in this whole passage or the, all these three passages is, is that the Lord Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Be of good cheer. Most of your commentaries, amen, and statements, amen, talks about this man was sick. Most of them, they, they relate to this is an infirmity linked to some past sins. And you just, if you want to read commentaries, find out they don't know the, what sin it was, but they believe that this man's problems was that he was sick of some disease or something, that, of some past sins. That's why Jesus spoke of his sins. Amen. First. Amen. And G.H. Uh, Marson says, there seems to be a connection between his sickness and some past activity that he has was in that involved sin. Several others, amen, speak of the same connections. Amen. Gundry says the word palsy. The word palsy, amen, means down, unable to walk. Doesn't really say that he had some germ or something. It was just, it was palsy, amen. He was cast in bed. Another, another definition of palsy was he was cast in bed. Uh, I want to back up to Matthew, the sixth chapter, eighth chapter, and the sixth verse. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 6. Amen. And here is, here is Jesus in Capernaum again. And, and this, uh, this uh, man came to him and was wanting to. to uh, to, to, to heal him. Amen. 
And the guy said, he said, Lord, if you can, you can make me clean. This is, this is, a, uh, this is a leper now. And Jesus seen, he meant, he said, I will be thy clean. And Jesus said unto him, see that thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and, 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 and offer gifts that Moses commanded. And when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. And that centurion said that his, his servant, amen, was sick with palsy, grievously tormented. Amen, he lieth home sick. He was in bed. He couldn't walk. Something was, don't know, but again, same, same definition that the, that the commentaries would tell you. This man evidently had something of a, of, of a disease or something of a, of, a, of ability, inability to get up out of the bed. Amen. And the man said, you're not worthy, I'm not worthy to you to come to my house and so forth. Just speak the word and my servant be healed. I'm tell you, Jesus, Jesus was, he could, heal, he, he could heal palsy. Amen. Talking to it, talking to the person or a distance. Amen. Amen. The first thing Jesus saw was the need in this man's life. Amen. He spoke to this impotent man. Amen. That that knew he knew that there was something that needed to be fixed before there was a healing. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. Your soul is far more important than your body. And uh we can pray for your sickness, and uh, I've, I, I know, excuse me for saying this, I mean, it's okay, but I guess, I mean, excuse me. But there's a lot of people come and want us to pray for them because they were sick. And, they, and if the Lord touched them, that was just fine, praise you, thank you, very good. We'll, we'll see you next time we get sick. If I get sick again, I know where to come to. That's not what the Lord wants. The Lord is interested in the soul of man. And the first thing that Jesus was going to do was to straighten out the inner man. Hello? Amen. Uh, I don't think that Jesus said that to stir up the scribes and the Pharisees that were sitting there trying to find fault. I don't think he just said that just to stir up a little little uh, uh, a row in them. I believe that he did that because that man needed his sins taken away. Amen. It may be some people need to have a spiritual examination rather than a bodily need. Some sicknesses is caused by sin. In fact, I can say that before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no sickness. Amen. When Jesus said, Thy sins be forgiven thee, the scribes and the Pharisees, oh, it really upset them. Amen. They... They could find fault in that. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 5 and verse 21. Uh, just turn to Luke 
chapter 5, and we'll just begin reading verse number 21. And uh, here's Luke's rendition of this, this story. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemously? Now, they're asking questions. Well, Jesus is going to answer their questions, and he's going to ask them some questions. Yeah. Who, who, who can, because who can forgive sins but God? Well, well, we could stop right there and start talking a little bit. Who could forgive sins but God? Well, it would have been a great time for them to get a revelation. Because, you know, they were all looking. Even the scribes and the Pharisees believe when Messiah come, and I will make mention of that again in just a moment. When Messiah comes, he will be a man manifested, or God manifested himself as a man. Why didn't they accept it? Why didn't that something click in their minds and say, Woo, praise God, I just got a revelation. When Jesus said, what's the hardest thing for me to do? Say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or take up your bed and walk. What's, what's, what's so, what's so uh, powerful about, you know, what, what's so hard for me to do? Revelation. Revelation should have come to them right then. Of the great power and manifestation of a holy God to meet the needs in their life. I'm telling you. Most of the time, we sit, amen, and hear the promises of God and know what he has done. And I've got a book I've just been reading this week. Uh, it's a, probably about, I, I would say, 100-plus uh, miracle-working things. That, and, and, and I'll be reading some of those, just little short stories of how God, what God has done. I, would, I am absolutely amazed. I'm absolutely amazed at some of the things that God's done, even in mine and your time. Amen. And not only to Christians, not only to missionaries, and it's all, most of these, all of these missionary stories. I can't remember the general's name, but it, and I'm sure that there's two or three people is here that probably um, probably would kept up with the... Uh, Iraq War enough to maybe remember, you know, when they when the Americans were sitting over in Saudi Arabia, preparing for to attack Kuwait and and, and go into to uh, Iraq, and uh, and so they were planning and preparing and and so forth, and both sides were getting ready for it. We, we, this is going to be a what they what did I don't, can't remember what Saddam Hussein, he's going to be the mother of all battles. Well, mother didn't get there, but uh, they had a battle, and there was I forget now about fifty thousand soldiers, with a tank battalions and tank divisions, took off to the west out of Saudi Arabia, going west, and they was going to do a circular. And when the when the when the military started, then they came in behind, and trapped all the soldiers of Iraqis in, in, um, in Kuwait. 
And uh, that was where the, all the pictures you probably saw of all of this. But uh, the, general, the general that was there, they went out there and, and they snuck out at night, all of them out there right in the middle of the desert. And the plans was, you know, the plans was for, uh, for them to go out there and dig some wells because they couldn't get the, keep the water going out there to them. So they went out there and started digging wells. They was all dry, dig wells and all dry, dig wells and all dry. And everything turned up dry, and they, they, was, they was getting desperate because they, was, they need 100,000 gallons of water a day for that, that, that division. And they didn't, they, they didn't know really what to do. They, they, I mean, the military runs on water too, you know. And they searched everywhere, everywhere they could find. They couldn't find a thing, nor a place where they could dig a well and get water. And one of the soldiers said, went in to see, went need to see the general. He said, come here, I, I got something I needed to show you. Something happened. I carried him out there, and somewhere, of all them walking around, like, like walking around here in the church almost, they, they was searching everywhere, and all of a sudden, a... A well was there. Well, I, let, let me just stop and let me just stop and uh, say this: the general got on his knees and prayed and said, "God, all these men's in my hands, and I cannot. I, we've done what? What? We need your help." They come in and told him, "Said, won't you come with us? We, we found something." They went out and found a well. They found a pump. They found a tank of diesel fuel. And all they had to do is turn it on, and it pumped out 100,000 gallons of water a day. They said, it just appeared. I'm taking their word for it. But I'm going to tell you something. That's just what happens sometimes. That's just the way God works. And I've, I've got about 10 more stories I could tell. Amen. About the miraculous appearances or the miraculous doings. That it, 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 it make you, it'll make your faith get up to the top level. I'm going to tell you. God can do what he wants to do. He can cleanse from sin. Whether you believe it or not, whether everybody, anybody else believes it or not, amen. And the reason why that they could not believe is because they could not believe that Jesus was Messiah. And they did not want to believe it. Amen. It's hard to change a person's mind when he's got it made up. Someone said, amen, I, I forget now how it goes, but said you, you can pretty well break anything but the mind of man when he's got made up. You just ain't going to, like a preach, I told a preacher one time, I hold the Bible like that, and I said, I said uh, this is what it reads right here, let me see it read right here, and he wouldn't, he said, I'm going to read it. I said, can I read it to you? He said, nope. I said, let me read it to you. Now, he said, uh, I, I said, if I read it to you, would you believe it? And he said, nope. 
Because uh, he was, he, his mind made up. Amen. Amen. Right in staring them in the face was the, the God that they were looking for. They wouldn't accept him because he was not playing their tune. Obedience, you know, you, you know you, because the Pharisees and scribes, everything Jesus ever did, amen. I, the only thing I don't know that as he was walking along, they couldn't find anything away with his walking, but they could find anything away, everything else. Amen. They were whispering, they were doubting, praise God. They were standing at the door of a revelation of God. And they wouldn't walk in. Which is easiest to say. Amen. Thy sins be forgiven thee or take up your bed and walk. I can do either one of them. I can do both of them. Hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior we have. Amen. Amen. Their negative minds could not see. Their, they had eyes that couldn't see. They had ears that couldn't hear. Amen. And they, they, they were, just couldn't perceive Jesus being the Messiah. Amen. And of course, let me just turn. We're going to talk, talk a little bit about, amen, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. How many can quote that? A lot of people can quote that. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And without an argument, controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested in the, in the flesh. He was justified by the Spirit. He was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, Believe only in the world and received up into glory. I got several passages of scripture. I want to go back to Isaiah, the prophetical word. Isaiah, amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Let me just read a few prophecy scriptures. Isaiah 7 and 14. He's prophesying of, of the Messiah, Jesus Christ coming. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, this is in Matthew. It says Emmanuel, which by interpretation, the word Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. Turn the page. Amen to Isaiah 9 and 36, or 9 and 6, excuse me. It says it like this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government should be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He's going to have the government upon his shoulders. But his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
And I'm just going to read a few, just one more. And that when the New Testament, there is, there is scores of prophetical words of who Jesus really was. Amen. St. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him, there was not anything made that was made. Amen. Everybody believes that. Now in Him was life, and this life was the light of men. Amen. And the light shining in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. They didn't, the light was shining, and these scribes and Pharisees here didn't, couldn't see the light. They were not, they, they were not illuminated. They were, <laughs> amen. They were wearing glasses, I guess, shades or something. I don't, they just couldn't see Jesus being the Messiah. They couldn't see Jesus being the Messiah, and they were looking for him all the time. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Same came to bear witness. He meant bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was he was not the light. He's talking about John. He, but he came to bear witness of the light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the worlds were made by him. But the world didn't know him. The church needs to know him. Praise God. Amen. They believed their Messiah was coming. And he was there looking them in the face. And they could not accept it. Because he was about to get in charge. And they thought they wanted to be in charge. Amen. They were the Sanhedrin part of it. We go back to our main text, Matthew chapter 9. And uh, read, here's, here's the questions that Jesus kept asking, started asking them. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, amen, wherefore thinketh ye in your hearts, where it's easy to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. What's, which, which one would be the hardest for me to say? Luke chapter, uh, may I write, just turn to, to Luke again. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 7 and 8 there. Luke chapter 6 and 7 and 8. And it says it like this. And the scribes of the Pharisees watched him and whether he would healed. So they were, they were there thinking they were going to catch him. This is a Sabbath day. This is a day. Amen. This, that was their problem. That they might find an accusation against him. But they were there not to find the Savior or hear his words. They were trying to find something that he would do on the Sabbath day. I don't think it was a setup. I don't think that those four men brought him, that other, that man of palsy there, amen, it was a setup. I don't think that they had that done. But it was just a timing of it. And here come a man in with, amen, and Jesus then Amen. Not only did he heal the man, but he uh, forgave his sins, right? But they were looking for something they might accuse him of. 
And boy, did they, they get an opportunity to do that. But when he knew their thoughts, he said to the men, amen, rise and stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or evil, to save life or destroy it? See, that's what Luke added that into the, uh, the, the text here that we're reading tonight and talking about. It's the same story. And uh, Jesus is asking, is, is, it, is it lawful to do anything good on the Sabbath day? That's when we come to worship, isn't it? When we come to worship, amen, on the, they, they worship on the Sabbath day. But uh, we'll, we'll, have another, we'll have another lesson on, on that in just, a, just another week or so. Amen. Nothing here is, is spoken of forgiveness of sins in Luke's text, but it does speak of saving lives. This man's life, amen, may have been in jeopardy for probably some sin that he had committed. That's what most of the commentaries will tell you. And we do not know what it was. We just know it doesn't really matter. Jesus took care of that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you thankful that for the Lord because, oh, he can do abundantly, exceedingly and abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. Amen. There is all power. There is all understanding and knowledge. He knew what their thinking was. And he knew it was, we're going to catch him doing something. It's on the Sabbath day. We're going to catch him doing something. Miraculously. It's, 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 it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to understand sometimes when people uh, can, can have a reason why that, that we should not do things for God. Amen. We shouldn't worship like we worship. We, couldn't, we shouldn't do this or that, you know, uh, because it's, that's sacrilegious, I guess, or they feel. Amen. But it does speak of saving the lives of man. Amen. Hallelujah. That's in jeopardy of their soul. Jesus was out to save a soul. Praise God. We'll turn to Mark now. Mark the twelfth chapter. Mark chapter twelve. And I'll read verse number twenty-eight. Mark twelve and twenty-eight. One uh, page too much. Amen. Now, I got evidently, evidently somebody don't really read that. <laughs> Pages stuck together. I couldn't get them apart. Mark 12, 28. And let's just begin reading there. One of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all. 
Amen. And Jesus answered him and said, the first of all commandments is, is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, our soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second one is like unto this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This, there is none other commandments greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, you know, you, you, you're not, you, 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 you answered well. But who is our neighbor? He goes right on to tell you. Jesus talks about who your neighbor is. And in verse 34, verse 34, then he says like this. When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Oh, no man after that answered or just asked him any questions. Who's your neighbor? And uh, that's in other passages where it said, but Jesus said, You're. You are standing right now in the presence. He didn't see it that way. Because he wasn't very far. You know how far he was away? Just probably six foot. In the answer to his prayers. To answer his needs. Amen. Yeah. And he told him, you're supposed to love, you, love all your heart, all your understanding, this soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, and then, Amen. And there is no more hope. Excuse me. Let me read. Let me read the third, third verse. And to love Him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love His neighbor as Himself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. That's not in red letters. That was the man that said that. And when he heard that, Jesus told him, you are you're very, very close now to having a revelation. My, 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 how close he was and how close these folks were standing or sitting there watching Jesus make that, perform that miraculous even first of all, of forgiveness of sins and miraculous healing for the man. And they stood there and sit there and would not accept when the Lord was staring him in the face. The fact is that we are looking at him through glass darkly sometimes ourselves. Amen. Luke chapter 20. And another, another passage of scripture, Luke chapter 20, and I'll begin reading at verse number one. And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came unto him with, with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us by what authority dost thou these things and who is he that giveth thee this authority 
See, we're talking about Jesus asking questions, and now here here, here, here the chief priest and the, and the scribes there are coming to find out just, just who give you the authority to heal? Who give you the authority for this? And you're doing many great and mighty works, and, and who gave you the authority to do that? He answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, and that's answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? Now, that, that was a question that, oh, man, that got them. Because they, they, they started talking among themselves. Says, now, if we say that the baptism of John, when he was out in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord, if, if we say that it was, it was from the Lord, then Jesus is going to ask us, why didn't you believe him? Why didn't you accept him? And if we say it wasn't from God, as they would probably have said a time or two that he was a black, you know, they, they were going to accuse Jesus of being a bell at Beelzebub and a couple more lessons we got. Uh, Jesus is going to say, well, if you did not, how come you not to? And, and, and if you, and they said, if we say that, yes, he was from heaven, that's what the scribe Pharisees were saying. Or the Sanhedrin, the chief priest, he said, now if we say that it was from heaven, uh, he won't say why didn't you do it, but but if we say it's if not of God, he said these folks out here that he's preaching to now they're gonna probably stone us. We ain't gonna tell. We we gonna keep our terror secret to self because I'm afraid to answer you either way. Well, I imagine that question is is a. Uh, is, is in a lot of people's minds amen, many times. I want to know if that's all, if that's all real. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, what God has blessed this church or this, in this generation, it is from God. Amen. And there is a move of the Spirit that I believe that that's what we're praying for. We, we don't think we've seen anything yet. I believe that God can have a great and mighty revival. I was just talking about some of those miraculous things. Amen. About a man that started a, started a prayer meeting in, in New York. He, he, he said God sent him to New York and he couldn't find his niche there. And uh, he thought God was going to use him. And, and he didn't know what to do. And so finally he started, just went around and offered passed out some pamphlets. Meet me at a certain place uh, next, next Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, uh, at noon at your lunch hours, and we're going to pray. And uh, he, he, he was there at 12 o'clock, and nobody was there, so he got on his knees and started praying. By 1 o'clock, there was four or five people there. By a week's time, the place was pretty well full. By a month's time, there was a lot of churches that was full in, in New York. In, in six months' time, the whole city of New York, now that was in the 1800s. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, come and let's pray. Let's come Saturday night and pray and, and see if we can't start a revival. Amen. And then God, God will do mighty things, I believe, for us. Hallelujah.
Amen. My first point in this lesson tonight is toward the modern day scribes called theologians. Amen. Who take Matthew 1 and 21. Now this is going to be a it's going to be a kind of a point here. Matthew 1 and 21 has this to say. She shall bring forth a son that shall call his name Jesus. And all of that's in capital letters means Jehovah's Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. If you want to go to commentary and take it, and they'll say there was no statement on baptism in that. And this is what this is what some theologian says. That scripture alone tells us that salvation or baptism has no part in the cleansing of the blood of salvation. They referred to Matthew our lesson tonight. Thy sins be forgiven thee. He's forgiven your sins. He didn't say baptized. Jesus didn't baptize. And so they say by that scripture, baptism has no part in, amen, in our, in our, in our forgiveness of sins, in our cleansing from sins. Matthew 9 and 2. Amen. Now listen. Plus 20 plus other scriptures. Amen. They say has no part. The repentance and baptism is a part of the plan of salvation. I believe that. Praise God. And so that's what we're going to stick to. Amen. I don't know. I, I know the Ethiopian eunuch said, Here's water, what doth hinder me? I believe what. Isaiah prophesied, he, amen, when Philip started preaching to him and reading the scriptures, he said, I need to get baptized. I believe baptism is a part of our salvation plan. I believe it's a, rise, be baptized, washing away your sins, calling the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But I just added that little negative there because sometimes there's a, sometimes there's people that uh, tries to say just because the whole plan of salvation is not read at one, one spot and every spot that it, that's not necessary but we're we believe it amen and I thank you for coming tonight and I believe amen that we've shared some things with you hallelujah tonight that's Jesus Jesus I want to ask you some questions I'm going to ask you some questions Amen. One of the questions was in the baptism of John. Is, we read that. And I ask you another question, which is easiest to do. And may I just add this here in the conclusion of my message, lesson tonight. We believe, we believe that Jesus Christ cleanses our sins when we ask him to forgive us. Amen. 
which is harder for you to believe? He forgives you when you ask for forgiveness or when he can say, I will be thou clean and I will say, take up your bed and walk. Amen. And that's, I, I want to just let us increase our faith. We know that the Lord saves us. Why can't we believe more for healing and believe that God's going to do the very same thing in our bodies that he has done with our souls? And I leave that where you think about it. Because Jesus asked the question. And I'm going to try to answer it in my prayers. Praise God. Lord God, I do think that you can do whatever you want to do. All things are possible with you. I do believe, Lord, that you can forgive sins by recognizing the man's repentance and desires, Lord. But I also believe, God, that when we prayed a while ago, that there was a power of the Spirit, amen, that was moving. And these were prayer requests, God. They were getting heard. And they can be healed just as quickly as you can forgive our sins. You can heal our bodies. May our faith, God, not separate them, but believe, Lord, that any time you says you can do and you promised that you would, amen, by your stripes, we are healed. In other words, the price has already been paid. God, help us to reach out in faith and proclaim it and say, my healing is in the hands of God and they're also in the hands of me and you where we can say, I trust you and believe and I shall be whole. In Jesus' name. And the Lord bless you.